Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now. Take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. Take it from the Iron Woman. We only have special guests. Today we go to Colorado and we have Alexander with us who ran his first marathon. What an experience. We always remember our very first marathon. Welcome, Alexander. Introduce yourself a little bit. Who is joining us today? Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Alexander von Engelen. I go to CU Boulder. I'm currently majoring in mathematics and geography, focusing more on secondary education for mathematics because I might be want to become a math teacher. And then geography, because I really love a GIS and working with the mapping and whatnot. I'm from New York City, but I'm living in Boulder right now. So of course, I'm studying and whatnot. I really love running and I honestly can't wait to do more marathons after this. I'm always curious to learn how did you prepare and know COVID was happening? I decided I wanted to do it during the summer. And I believe it was about four or five months out. I knew I had roughly a good sizable time to practice for it. But I would honestly run almost every morning. Uh, I wouldn't do very long runs uh, during the week um, because I still had school. I would do during the mornings, I would run about 30 minutes every morning, save the long runs for the weekends. I would run 10 plus miles on a Saturday and then rest on the Sunday. So a big part of it was also dieting because I feel the part that I struggled a lot with. The running I love, it's all the extra stuff that you have to do that yeah. I kind of had to struggle with and figure out. And I definitely need to work on for my next uh, marathon, try to get my dieting down. What is it exactly about the diet? People think you put on the shoes, a jacket or whatever, a hat, sunglasses, and you're off. But yeah. then the stomach and whatever else is included is like, hello. I had a big problem with having too much fiber. I remember my first time that I got to mile 13, I was doing a half marathon. My stomach just suddenly just not feel so good. And what we call it in ROTC is the PT poops. It's uh -huh. basically where you have to go to the bathroom. You have to do number two. I have to go to the bathroom so badly. And that was an issue that I definitely had to figure out where that was all coming from. I was just intaking too much fiber before, especially uh, before the long runs, I would have to make sure that I wasn't eating too much fiber, not too much bread and too much fruit, which for me is a big thing, like a big problem because I love eating fruit. The, the first time that I did like the long run the night before I was just eating so much fruit and just, <laughs> I remember I was eating some blueberries And then I remember the next morning, I was like, I should not have eaten that. I was on a dried up lake almost. And it's about a six mile um, circle. And I know that there's a porta potty there. 
but the porta potty is another three miles. Do I decide, am I just going to stop and hope that nobody comes and just find a bush? Or do I keep running those three miles? I, I sprinted those three miles and just when I was coming up to the porta potty, I was like, please let there not be anybody in the porta potty. And I, I just rushed in and I did my business. That was definitely a lesson learned. That's a cool story. I think anybody who has trained for a marathon has similar stories. The only good thing is if you train in New York City, you very fast get to know where the bathrooms are. In Colorado, it's probably a little different, right? Uh, especially if, if you're going outside the city. When you think of the race, what were some highlights? People who have never run a marathon, they're like, ah, it's just about that one day. But it's about working towards that one day. My friend, he brought me to the race because it was, it was far out, out of the city. There's no way I could walk there or bike there. He dropped me off and he was like, I'll see you in a couple of hours. I was kind of thinking of that the whole time. When I was running, I was kind of running almost just to meet a friend at the end of the race. And I feel like that was really motivating because I feel like if I didn't have that, I would be just running. I wouldn't really be looking forward to seeing somebody at the finish line and getting that extra motivation. That was really helpful. I think there was a kind of a sad moment Uh, it was around mile 21. I was hurting pretty hard at that point. I got to this kind of turn and there's this, another runner that's just crying on the ground. That's just kind of broken. They, they, they can't get him going any further. And I, I really wanted to stop, but I realized if I stop, all that pain is just going to start rushing in and there's no way I'm going to be able to keep going after that. I kind of had to suck it up and kind of just keep moving. I, I ran past them and said, you got this. But at the end of the day, I realized I don't think that they're going to be able to make it to the finish. They were just, they were broken. They, they were sobbing and they were just. Oh, what a sad story. I can understand that there is this, do I help? Do I stop? The race is your race, right? If you're the front runner, if you're the winner, do you stop? Do you go? Am I willing to compromise my race? in order yeah. to help somebody else. Looking back at it, would I have stopped had I done it again? I, I really don't know. That's the thing. I wish I would have stopped, but I realized if I stopped, that's when you're running, you're in a groove. And I, I was in a groove at that point. I was just mm. prepping to finish. You're almost there. You got five miles left. And if I stopped, that groove would be gone. And I don't know if I can get back to that piece. My legs were already pretty, pretty dead at that point. If I was in the same situation, I would have maybe slowed myself down a little bit and maybe had a little bit more time to communicate. Be like, you got this. Maybe mm -hmm. some more words of encouragement, but maybe not necessarily stop. What can you do? It's It happened. There's no going back. I think those moments, it's about the camaraderie. It's about the support. You don't forget. And what happened at Mile 18? For people who are not marathon runners, Mile 18 is kind of like... <laughs> They say you hit the wall and everybody's, no, no, this is not happening to me. What is happening? What was happening to you at mile 18? Yeah, at mile 18, it was kind of, we were in the middle of this sort of rolling hills. It was this constant up and down. I hit a wall. My knees just were not having it when I was going downhill. They were hurting at basically every, putting my foot down. And it was, I couldn't run down. It was a really challenging course. And I was talking to some uh, some other marathon runners that were that had more experience, 
And they, they said that it was very challenging compared to some of the other ones that they have done because a lot of it was just going uphill or just, mm-hmm. you know, this, this not really flat ground. I mean, there, there were parts of it that were flat, but it's Colorado. There's going to be yeah. some mountainy terrain. Yeah. Sometimes people think it's easy to have a flat course, but actually that's very monotonous. It's sometimes yeah. easier to have like rolling hills. I can, yeah, I feel like I would, I would have definitely gotten bored if it was just 26 miles of just flat. I think, especially if it was running on the salt flats or whatever, that would be really boring because you don't really, it's also maybe not necessarily a challenge. It's kind of nice to have that extra challenge of, Mm -hmm. can I get up this hill? And since you're a mass genius, what do you think, what percentage is mental in marathon running? I would say about... 60% 60% of it is mental. People do say it's definitely a mental battle. You need to have strong legs. You, you can't just decide, oh, I'm going to do this because I'm really mentally strong. That, that's not a good idea. That will also <laughs> just destroy your legs. That's not a good idea. But at the same time, it is a mental challenge because it will hurt no matter how much training you really have. You're going to feel it. And it is getting through those final sort of miles. Now, that was something that I really liked about the marathon is just seeing those numbers slowly climb up. That was very, very motivating to me because when I saw like mile 24, mile 25, it was just, I'm almost there. I got this. I can do it. That was very almost maybe liberating. It, it felt really good to see that. Don't ever go to Europe to run a marathon because it's all in kilometers. What did you think all the time? Obviously with that person who was sitting there sobbing that's one element it might sound really weird but i actually do mathematics while i'm running i was at the very beginning i was thinking of basically a homework that i was working on okay and i was Uh just deciding like how am i gonna work on this when i get Uh home how am i gonna address this question when i you know got my answer what i like to do is just make math problems in my head if it's even if it's just simple fractions it gets my mind going and it just sort of makes me focus on something other than the running. You shouldn't just basically have a um, open mind, maybe like you, you should focus on something other than the running, because if you focus only on the running, it's you get distracted, you get kind of you get drawn too much in that into that pain. So that sounds probably kind of really cruel and rough, but it was kind of just in in open environment there was no real support it was only really supporters at the begin and the very ends because you're kind of just running in the middle of nowhere to be honest but it was very beautiful the route because we started at the boulder reservoir and then we headed north and then a little bit more to the west we kind of uh, went towards the mountains it was honestly the most beautiful run i think i've ever i've ever gone through and it was really beautiful because it was also turning fall and there was this part where we were running on this road. And I remember this because there was this creek that was going the opposite direction. And it was kind of just like this cam- canopy road of just fall colors. You know, it was so beautiful. You're running in nature almost uh, half the time. That was so beautiful. Yeah, I, I wish I-, I had some pictures of it while I was running, but kind of have to focus on the run instead of just stopping and taking pictures of the scenery. And what do you think you will take away in next to, I want to do it again. I want to do another one. Yeah, I honestly went into this one with unrealistic goals. 
I was expecting myself to do eight minute, 30 uh, miles, which is mm-hmm. I do that when I'm doing, I can do the, a lot faster ones when I'm doing like four miles, but mm-hmm. I kind of had that unrealistic goal going into it. This marathon kind of put me in place like, Hey, tone mm. it down, go a little, go a little slower. I think for the next one, I have now a better and realistic goal of how, how fast I want to run it and what I'm capable of doing. And now I also have a better idea of how to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, I was prepared for it, but just not enough. And how many pairs of running shoes do you own? I only own, I own one, but I have a lot of different socks, which is, it's, <laughs> I have these kind of special socks that I wear for like the, the blisters and whatnot. I honestly have way more socks than I probably should. I only have one pair of pair of running shoes and I feel like that's honestly enough for me. Are you training always by yourself or do you have people who run with you? Yeah, I, I train by myself. Again, go back to my mathematics and just just run and whatnot. I, I kind of like that. And I've, I feel like also with, with the marathon, it's kind of on an individual level, it's a challenge. It's nice to have the support, but it's up to you at the end of the day to really finish. And you kind of can't have that reliance on the others, I feel like. That's that's maybe a bit like antisocial or whatnot, but it's, again, it's it's up to you to really finish. It's, it's, it's your race and your day. And but if somebody wants to start to run a marathon, what tips would you give them? Don't focus on the, on the miles at the beginning. You want to focus on how much time you're actually running. Because mm. if you say you're going to run five, four miles, but really only walk, you, you only run one of it and walk the rest, you didn't really run four miles. Yeah, you got your goal, but you're not really training for what you're doing. Honestly, you just want to start running for time. So say, oh, I want to run for 15 minutes straight. That's your goal. Just put on a timer and run for 15 minutes straight. And I kind of slowly build up. My advice is never actually reach the 26 miles in your training. The benefits of doing that just doesn't really help at all. It, it, it honestly only hurts you. The most I've really run when I was training was 18 miles. I never actually got to the 26. It, it hurts you too much. Your recovery is too long. and It's just not worth it. All right. What is the next one? When is the next one? I may want to do the Baton Death March, which is in March of uh, 2020. That might be the next marathon that I do. It is in New Mexico, White Sands, New Mexico. And that is more of a military marathon. But yeah, it's it's a really good cause. I've always wanted to do something like that. And I remember freshman year, I was also training for that one, rucking it with a big backpack with 45 Mm -hmm. pounds in the back. But we never actually got to do that because of COVID. I really want to go back maybe next year and complete that. And then if not, if I don't, if I end up not doing that marathon, then honestly, the Boulder Marathon, I really want to redo that one and beat my time. Mm -hmm. Now that I have a realistic goal, now I know what I can do. Now I want to come back stronger and, and better that time. I think that sounds like a realistic plan. Good luck. Happy training. Happy feats. Thank you so much for everything. Always cool to talk to a fellow marathon runner. What are you taking away? If you are a marathon runner, what do you remember from your first marathon? The first marathon is always the best, maybe not the fastest, but I for sure always keep the first marathon in my heart 
and nobody can take that away from me. It was in New York, a special day for me, certainly. Take it from the Iron Woman. We have episodes every Monday, every Wednesday. Don't miss out. You will meet people from around the world, interesting people, athletes, authors, math majors. When do we ever meet those people? And many more. Thank you for your support. Download the podcast on your preferred platform or download and buy the book, Take It From The Iron Woman, Global Business Coaching with Sports Parallel. See you next time. Bye-bye. Be safe. Keep running. Thank you.